Praise the Lord, everyone. It's Cruz here, your host for the Everyday Apostolics Podcast, where the individual shares their story for God's glory. So listen, this is a bit of a bonus episode. So of course, last week was part one, featuring Pastor Ben Revel with Pentecostals of Parramatta. But for today, for this week, for today especially, before we go into the final episode of this season, we have part two. So part two, we continue on with the conversation with Pastor Revel. And, you know, on top of that as well, he's the first guest on this podcast where he's a two-parter. So, look, I do hope that you enjoyed part one. And this is the, and this is part two, the final, um, the final part of it, Pastor Rebel, where he continues on to share his story and so on. But look, I do hope that you've enjoyed it. But once again, here we go, part two, Pastor Ben Rebel. And also on top of that, most likely tomorrow or later on will be the final episode, which will feature Pastor Ben's wife, Sister Abby Rebel. Where she'll share her story. But for the time being, here it is, part two, Pastor Ben Revel of the Sydney Pastor of the Pentecostals of Parramatta. Take it easy, take care. See ya. Pastor Revel? Yes, I'm back. Okay, sorry about that. My, my, was my phone on my end. I must have pressed the wrong button. But look, uh, once again, I. Uh, if I was to say this, you're the you're the you're the very first guest that we were pro we're doing a two parter because um you've just shared so much uh so much on your story which is it's, it's incredible it's incredible and of course you've shared some things which I which I haven't even known and I've been part of the Parramatta Church you know since your pastorship since 2018 but um and on top of that as well Pastor Love, you got your favorite scripture but moving on uh moving on I was I was doing this all guests to all of our guests and. I put in this scenario, you know, who's coming to Pastor Ben's house, all right? So just, just imagine you've got a table there in front of you. You've got five seats. Okay, with the extras of, of course, it's there and the kids there. They sit further down. Five, five people you choose from the Bible to come to your house and why. It can be Old Testament or New Testament. You know, I, or just all in the Old Testament, all in the New Testament. But which five people would you bring to your house from the Bible and why? Wow. Um, okay. Well, we'll take it in order of, um, of uh, I guess, uh, of the Bible. So I'd have to choose Adam to start with um, because he was there at the beginning. There's so many different things that you could ask about the, the early formation of the earth, how the earth was. Um, I was, um, I did a lot of research about probably, you know, Gosh, it makes me sound old. It was almost 12 or 13 years ago, if not into um, creationism. Um, I guess the idea, um, the biblical, I guess, record of how the earth was created. And uh, there's some lot of really interesting theories out there that would back up the Bible's account of, you know, the seven-day creation or the six-day creation because God did rest on the seventh day um about how the earth was um the oxygen levels um the the animals the plants um all that stuff so i think adam will be able to answer a lot of those questions so uh i think i'd really really like to talk to him and really the guy lived you know a fairly significant obviously not as much as methuselah we know methuselah lived for 969 years so um and i hope you know, someone wants to fact check me i'm pretty sure that's right off the top of my head but adam didn't live that long but someone who lives for almost a thousand years you got you got to have a fair bit of wisdom um which okay. is great. the question is adam if you if he's 
All right, you got Adam as your first guest. Would he be yes. clothed? Make sure that you say, look, Adam, you got to come. You got to come to my house clothed. Oh no! He, yeah, you you got to have modesty. Well, he 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 went through the fall, so he, okay. he knew about right. clothes. You know, he'll be wearing the clothes that God made him. You know, forget Louis Vuitton. <laughs> He'll be wearing the, the the animal skin that you know God put together for him. So he'll be wearing uh, the just, uh, all that stuff. You don't have to worry. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want my wife to lust. You know, I wouldn't want her to fall into lust because there was a naked man in my house. That wouldn't be right. That wouldn't be proper. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. All right. Good. Good. He's covered in clothes, everyone. I just want to make sure the guests are listening or the listeners are listening. Yeah, so I, and you know, but you know what I would ask him to do? I would ask to see his 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 stomach because I wanted to know if he had a belly button or not. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let's move on. Number two. Number two, goodness. Um this was one of the ones, I know you pre-sent me the questions, but this is one of the ones that really stumped me. I, I think you've got to you've got to have Moses. You've got to have Moses. And I know that's missing Abraham and a lot of the other ones, but I think Moses, you know, because he really, that was the formation of the, the Old Testament. The Old Covenant was, it was, although it was promised through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, it didn't, um, it didn't come really, formalized until Moses. Moses set that up. Um, and who wouldn't want to see a guy who's got a glowing face who's seen Jesus, who's seen God, who's seen the, you know, he, he was there, he went up the mountain and they, they had to put a, a, a veil over his head because, you know, not because he was an ugly guy, but because he, um, you know, he, he saw saw God. They said they, they said he saw God. You know, he saw his back parts. The Bible says, it says your face you can't see. Um, but you know, with, you know, the one that, you know, the Bible says that he goes, you know, I speak through prophets, you know, through visions and through this, he goes, not Moses. So someone with that kind of, um, relationship with God, I think, you know, and, and, and Moses was such a human character, you know, you could see his, his, you know, he got angry, he got frustrated, he got tired, he had to have his arm through, you know, um, difficulties within his ministry with, um, people you know coming against him and then god you know reconfirming him as a leader um he took advice from his elders as well so he's got a very good human side so yeah definitely moses i think moses would absolutely have to be there awesome and also as well you know um probably talked to him about his father-in-law jeff you know about our good old jethro how he helped you know in my yes. view you know the biggest you know, the biggest um, advice they gave, especially was, you know, delegating, you know, to the hundreds of thousands, you know, leaders, you know, because, you know, of course, Moses is trying to do everything all at once. But then, you know, when Jeff comes in and says, look, man, look, Mo, you're doing, you know, you're doing, you're taking too much. Why don't you delegate, you know, for those who cover the thousand to the hundreds and to the fifties and to the tens, in which, and it's amazing that that principle has been carried, I believe, I heard from another podcast where, I think the harvest, the harvest, the Harvard Business School, they take that principle from the Bible and they use it, you know, in regards to business matters, which is pretty amazing, especially you know, it's still going on today. Oh, absolutely! Um, it, it's really the the Ten Commandments and what happened with Moses is um, is really the fa one of the foundation um, blocks of modern society. 
Mm. You know, um, uh, the laws are very much even not just the the the, the Hebrew laws, um, but the modern laws are based on the Ten Commandments. Um, yes. And uh, and yeah, look, that's that's what I think is um, important. Look, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back on myself. I know I said I'll try and do it in order, but I'm gonna uh, for the next guest, the next guest. I thought it would only be right to invite a, uh, a female for my wife. Um, so I reckon Sarah would be good. Okay. And I'm gonna give you a very very uh, a reason, and I, it's not my reason. It's so, something I heard of somebody else. I think it was Brother Emery shared this yep. or somebody else a very long time ago but what he said was that he goes, oh i can't remember who it was he said you know he goes some preacher was saying he goes he goes all you guys you're going to be looking for paul when you get up to heaven you're going to be looking for peter you're going to be looking for for this person you know one of the prophets he goes you know what i want to see he goes i'm going to see sarah and like sarah he goes yeah because the reason is he goes because she had kings and pharaohs chasing after her when she was an old lady he goes she must be one good looking girl and so <laughs> so you know i thought you know what that's a fair thing that's fair to say um you know you don't really see her like that so yeah i i'd i'd, I'd choose sarah to come along as well um not just for that reason but also because it's not fair that we always choose men um because you know there are obviously there are some very important women throughout the bible and you know it'd be good for my wife to be able to talk to somebody uh, as well not that she's not allowed to talk to men but you know um yeah i think sarah will be a good one to have okay got two more pastor your fourth one Right. Uh, like I said, this is trying to be in chronological order. So it's got to be Jesus. Um, there's no way in the world you can make a list with, of this without having Jesus. Um, I think, um, you know, you, you kind of sit there and you'd say, you know, oh, I'd like to ask Jesus this and, you know, what's the doctrine? Can you clear this up on this theological question I have? But I think you would just be in awe of him and you wouldn't really have much of an opportunity to speak. But um, I think you've got to you've got to have Jesus there. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, it wouldn't be a dinner party without Jesus. Uh, absolutely not. So, yeah, definitely Jesus. Just bring the fishes and loaves in uh, and bring your classic potatoes, eh, Pastor Evel? Look, he can multiply it. it. He can multiply I was going to make a joke saying all I'd have to do is bring water and he could turn it into wine. And, you know, that's a fairly cheap way to get away with that. But uh, I won't make that joke. Um, so there's definitely not going to be any, uh, anybody going in want. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget your good old potatoes, eh, Pastor Rebel? Yes, yes, sir. Your wonderful... And yeah. your handmade, uh, handmade sandwiches. I do. I do. I look, I most men don't. Most men don't know how to cook. Um, I, I like cooking. I don't like cleaning afterwards, though. That's that's a uh, that's. Uh, I'm I'm happy to say I'm not happy to cook. I'm not happy to clean, rather. But no, I cook dinner most nights. Um, I had dinner. Um, we I cooked dinner tonight, and uh, yeah, look about probably if for the people who don't know, um, your listeners, um, I I make sandwiches uh, every week for the church. I, I, I God put that in my heart one day, like in the morning. I woke up early one morning, and um, I went. I'm gonna go make sandwiches. I left the home early on a Sunday. Um, which I normally try and sleep in as long as I can. And I went down, I made some sandwiches for the church. I got two two or three loaves of bread and I, I made some sandwiches. And uh, yeah, I, I haven't had any complaints and attendance seems to be up 
So that seems like it's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I do. I do like cooking. Uh, I did make the potatoes for you, brother Cruz, once, and and you did eat a lot of potatoes. That's for sure. But that's okay. And I might as well, well share this on the podcast. So listeners, listen up. So it was during our, one of our Christmas. Uh, I think it was the Christmas uh, dinners that we had at the Rebel household, and yes. you know, and I and I said, "Oh man, these potatoes are amazing!" And unfortunately, the rest of the guests, you know, they thought, "What's wrong, with Brother Cruz?" So I was at the end of the dinner that um, when it came to the serving, that of course everyone got their share of food. I think Stabby or yourself were dishing it, and I remember going home and I opened my tray. I opened my tray. It was literally eighty percent of my tray was filled with potatoes. It was like little meat. And I'm trying to figure out what's, what's going on here. So, you know, it's just amazing. Shout out to all the potato farmers here in Australia as well. Hopefully they'll listen now. You know, love the potatoes. Because without potatoes, there'll be no French fries. There'll be no McDonald's French fries or KFC French fries or Hunger Jack's French fries. So, praise God for potatoes. Oh, absolutely. Look, potatoes are a magic dish. There's there's a um, bit of equipment that you could use. I remember we were, my, my middle child, Gabriel, and uh, I know I haven't spoken about much of my, my family too much in this. I've tried to keep it more ministry, but you know, my, my children and my life, they're, they're very important mm. to me. But uh, about probably three months ago, um, Gabriel's a very fussy eater. He doesn't like eating new things. And uh, I put some potatoes on his plate and um, he was looking at going, I don't like these. I said, Gabriel, I said, you know, you eat hot chips, yeah? And he goes, yeah. I said, this is the same thing as hot chips. He looks at you guys, they're not. I said, they are. And, and Abby was there going, no, no, they are, Gabriel. And he goes, I don't believe you. I said, this is what they use to make chips. And he looked at them <laughs> and he said to me, he goes, can you use these potatoes to make me some chips then? <laughs> like, I was just like, well, you, you can't argue with that. And I said, no, no, I, I, I can't. I, I just can't. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's one. Shout out to Gabriel. I Gabriel. Know, Gabriel, you know, little Gabriel, and uh, also, and then we get Darian and uh, Darian is well. he's uh, very proud of my boys. Darian, Darian is coming along very well. He, uh, you know, what he helps out a lot in the church, and I, yes. I feel bad that I ask him to do so much. He does, he can do the sound, uh, he can do the live stream, he's he's learning the drums, he does the ushering, uh, and he's he's only he's uh, 11 years old. Uh, he's more more actively involved in the church than a lot of people. Um, yeah. not, not you, brother Cruz, you're, you're my right-hand man at the church. Um, you know, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for everything you do as well. You're, um, you're a great blessing to us and I appreciate every day that you're there. All good, Pastor. We're just helping out, but back to Darren, you know, shout out to Darren, you know, look, as you mentioned, being the eldest, but also, you know, one of the youngest when it comes to ministry, helping in everything. And it's, uh, it's wonderful to see. And, uh, if he does hear this, you know, you know, you know pat on the back, Pat on the back for his efforts. I know, you know, being a young person, um, not, not just Darren, but to any other young person that's involved in ministry at a very young age, helping their parents out, such as in small churches or medium-sized churches where, you know, you've got to use what you have. And it requires, if it requires family members helping out, then, you know, it's a, it's a very big challenge. But, um, yeah, back to Darren. Yeah, shout out to, to what he does and how he helps out in any way or in any capacity. And it'll help, eventually help him in the later years to come. As he grows, uh, as he grows up, not only just physically, but also in the ways of the Lord as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, I'm very proud of all my children. Um, yes. uh, little Nikki, she's she's adorable too. She's three, three and a half years old. Um, yep. She's she's uh, the cherry on top of the cake. I talk, I call my family. Um, 
and she's our last child. We're not having any more. And um, <laughs> yeah, she's 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 the blessing. So, but no, we we wow. we you know we've done well. I'm, I'm very blessed with all my kids, my wife, and my family. Amen. Okay, I believe we've got one more, one more guest, and who would that be, Pastor? Over to some of your table. Look, the reason I chose this next guy is because um, I think it was Harvard University. Um, they they asked they were asked the question, um, who are the most influential people of all time? And um, the first one was I think it was um, Caesar, the, the Roman Empire, because they spread democracy throughout the world. And without yeah. that kind of philosophy, um, don't worry, I'm not going to choose Caesar. Um, but um, he was he was number one um, on the list of the most influential people of all time. And tied for second was Jesus and Peter. Mm. And um, the reason, and, and a lot of people think, well, why wouldn't Jesus be second? But the logic they came up with, and I can't I can't really fault this, was that Jesus presented the gospel. Um, and then he 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 was he died. He was crucified. He rose again. Then he ascended into heaven. Um, but what happened was Peter was the one who formalized it into the Christian religion that we really see today. Um, so without without Peter, the workings and obviously if it wasn't for Peter, somebody else would have done this. But without the administration skills and the organization of Peter then um, a lot of the, the working, the, the ministry of God, of, of Jesus on this earth, uh, would have been lost because it wouldn't have been formalized. They wouldn't have been able to group up. So that's why they were both equally, I guess, biblically speaking, um, but maybe not, I guess, from a secular point of view, we always see, I'm trying not to draw criticism here, and I hope people don't, don't use my language or words against me one day, but while obviously Jesus is the most important thing in our faith, um, the the work of Peter is is ins, insurmountably important because without him we wouldn't have had that formalized religion um, of of the New Testament. Like he wrote what is it two thirds of the the epistles, um, and he wasn't a, he was not one of the uh, original um, twelve. He was not a part of that group. You know, God chose him afterwards because of his skill chose him so i think someone who's that influential um who you know who said that he saw jesus too like he was the last person to actually physically see jesus unless you know uh, and i'm not you know we we can we can take that literally or we can take that metaphorically like he saw jesus and as in he he saw the revelation of jesus or you know i'm not sure how you know how you want to interpret that scripture and this is not a i guess this is a ministry podcast it's not really a theological podcast so I don't want to go down that road, but you know, I guess if you wanted to, you could say he was the last person to ever see Jesus because he said, I, "I saw Jesus too as one that was born outside of time." You know, so saying it took me a bit longer, but I, I got there. But his influence throughout the Bible would is is unparalleled throughout Scripture. Um, and um, and yeah, and I like I said, because of that, I think um, I think uh, yeah, Peter would put would make the list. Uh, what about you? Who would you choose on your, your table, Brother Cruz? Who, has anybody asked you this? Well, who would you choose? And you can't choose uh, I, Jesus. I, I think I've mentioned it. I, I think I've shared mine away in the earlier episodes. But um, if I was to look, my five, if it was my five, look, I'll go with Moses. 
Uh, yep. Moses, I just wanted to, I just wanted to do that um, holy stuff and say throw it on the ground. Honestly, that tends to snake. <laughs> yeah, one. that's yeah, you're after the magic tricks. That's good. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that, yeah, but Moses definitely not Simon the sorcerer, but it'll be Mo- <laughs> Moses. Um, next one will be uh, female will be Esther called yep. Juvesta. It's amazing, you know, the pressure that was put on her, you know, yes. going before a king. And, you know, there's no mention of the name of Jehovah in the book of Esther. That's it's right. Like, and it's a story that, you know, encapsulates how a woman, you know, to, how a woman, you know, when, you know, she risked a lot because there's that passage where she says, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. And she could have. You know, you know, she was on the verge, you know, what's going to happen. But that's why I want to hear her story as much as we, it's in the book, you know, in the book of Esther. But I just want to hear from her. And also hope she can bring him bring me some gold as well. So that'll be another one. That'll, that'll be Esther. Uh, the third one, of course, would be David. You know, not because of not, not because of killing Goliath and that, but of course, you know how he overcame. You know that moment with Sheba. You know that moment where he he of course he committed adultery, and it's like you know, you know what you know what was going through his mindset as much as it's written in the Word of God, but. You know, his mindset because, you know, sometimes, you know, I see young people, you know, when they make a mistake or make an error, you know, they, they go straight away, they go outside, they leave the church, you know, they think it's the end of the world. You know, seeing yes. they've, you know they've, they've, they've done wrong, it's like, oh, look, everyone's going to judge me. But like, I always look at David, how he just, you know, look, he made that mistake. Of course, Nathan rebuked him. You know, Nathan did his part, Nathan the prophet. But it's just, um, you know, he just kept on. And of course, out of that came Solomon. So that would be David, and my other two, my other two, of course, would be um, Stephen. You know, Stephen from the Book of Acts. Yeah, the first uh, martyr. Yep, you know he, he was sad that of uh, you know look he got stoned, but he kept you know he died you know he died, he died loving you know of course doing what he loved doing, and now we just want to hear his story as a young fella, and of course the yeah. last will be Timothy. Good old Timothy. Timothy, young preacher. Yes, so uh, it's amazing. It's a, it's amazing how you've asked me this question, and I think I've got a chair different from my previous uh, fight. So this will be my second fight. But uh, you, you so can't, you can't. You know, at the end of the day, there's so many people you could choose. Like oh, I forgot about David. Um, you know, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it'd be great to see him too. You know, it's you know, I guess if you could choose five or ten or one, you know, I think one of the prophets would also be good, but. You'll probably you'll probably tell me off about something I'm doing wrong. So maybe you'll be a bit of a buzzkill on the dinner dinner party. So maybe not a prophet then, huh? Yeah, <laughs> Somebody else. Huh? So that'll be my five, and uh, we'll be and we'll have it at um, Stab in your favorite place, which is the Maryland's Bowling Club, where all you oh, can man. eat. <laughs> you know, yeah, I like that place. I like it. It's it's Abby that doesn't like it. I don't know why. I don't mind uh, it. It's just Abby. She probably hears this and shaking her head because every oh, time. Yeah. Because every time Sister Abby, Sister Abby says, "Oh, so during a leadership meeting or just a meeting, so oh, where would where would these guys like to go eat?" And I just say straight away, "Maryland's Bowling Club," and then she'll say, "No, we're not going to that place." So you know, it is what you know. Sister Abby, she's a classy girl. You gotta you gotta know which way she wants to where she needs to go and and stuff like that. She's got very specific tastes. Well, figuring this out, and I've been married to her for coming on to fifteen years now. So. 15 years. Yeah, November will make 15 years. 
Oh wow! Congratulations, Pastor. That's a that's wonderful to wonderful to hear. Yeah, thank you. But in saying that, Pastor Ravana, look, um, we need the end. But look, I just want to ask. This is I didn't put, but I just want to ask uh, probably myself as a also probably other young people that want was, you know, what is your, you know, what is your advice to young or young man or young woman, you know. In that godly woman or godly man, just as you mentioned, fifteen years, you know, fifteen years you've been married, and out of that fifteen years have come, you know, the old trials, the old, you know, the old some moments of tribulations, situations where, of course, I believe it was one of your honeymoons. So it was a single also, where she um was she was in hospital with foot infection, and as well, probably stable further shared this further in detail when she comes on was. You know, on the verge where she would have been um, coming, you know, coming to Australia in the casket. But um, what what advice would you give to those you know young people that may be listening or, you know, finding that right person or knowing that you know she's the one or he's the one? Oh, look, it's 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 hard. I mean, like I've always listened to the the small voice, um, and and sometimes like in my life when I haven't listened to it. Um, things have always gone wrong, whether that be it, at, in a work situation or in a church situation or just in life, you know, that where you get that, in, like you kind of get that that urging and that nudging of, you know, have you checked this or want to, why don't you do it this way? That happens because you didn't double check or you didn't, um, you know, make sure everything was done correctly. And um, I guess that's the way I see it with, with, um, with a relationship. Um, I didn't have very many girlfriends, um, you know, maybe one or two, not very serious ones before Abby. Um, I would encourage people not to, don't, don't go shopping around, you know, don't, you know, uh, take up with one girl and then, oh no, she's not right. Then go to the next one, then go to the next one, go to the next one. That's, that's not a good way to do things. Um, kind of, you know, I guess you've got to look for, I guess the, the age old saying, you know, um, Boaz, um, found um, there was a Ruth uh, in the field. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she was working. She was she was busy. She was doing things. Um, and you know sometimes it's hard. Like you fall in love, uh, and you 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 don't see the the bad qualities or or anything like that. So it's important to go in there with some good advice as well from other people because they can see things you don't. Um, where you think that you know love covers a multitude of sins you know when that that fuzzy warm feeling wears off and you're arguing about you know certain things it's it, you know that that feeling of love is is very far away um and i'm not saying that doesn't happen even with the perfect person the perfect man the perfect woman but you know it's it's i guess with me it was i just knew um like i said we'd only been going out a few weeks a few about a few months and i said I said, I actually said to Abby, feel this way in six months' time, I'm going to ask you to marry me. And she went, oh, like, what, you know, so kind of went, but I, like, you know, that, that kind of, that feeling. Um, you know, people think it's the feeling. You know, yeah, you can feel emotions with love, but, you know, you've got to choose you know, choose to love somebody and, and that, that that's with commitment, that's with loyalty, that's with support, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, 
it's hard. I think there's certain things in life you're never ready for. There's certain things that you can never fully prepare for. And it doesn't matter how much you do or what you what you can and can't do. Um, to you, you can read as many books as you want, but there's there's a few things in life that you just can't prepare for. First one is um, having a child. It doesn't matter how much advice, and if you're pregnant and it's your first kid, people are going to give you a million lots of advice, but eventually you'll figure it out by yourself because that's the only way to do it. So being a parent, you 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 just got to learn it. You can't prepare for it. Another one is entering the ministry and being a pastor. You get a lot of advice. You think you know a lot, and then you realize you don't know anything. Um, that's a, that's another one I found. You can't, you cannot be prepared enough to be a pastor. No one is prepared becoming a pastor. I'm willing to say that, um, or I can say for myself, I wasn't prepared. I thought I was. I thought I was ready for it, um, but yeah, you, you can't. You can never be prepared for being a pastor. And the other one is getting married, um, because a lot of these things they're, they're one way streets. Um, you know, we, we here as Pentecostals and I know not everybody who's listening to this will believe this, but you know, we don't believe in, in getting divorced. Like, you know, that's not the biblical way married for life. That's, that's it. Um, and yes, yeah, so while, while you can, you, you, you can pray about it. You got to look for a woman who worships God. You look for, got to look for a man who worships God, who doesn't just worship God, but, um, has a deep relationship with God, a good biblical knowledge, good biblical understanding. Um, and that your ministries are compatible. I've seen people marry people and their ministry has failed um, because of it. They haven't been able to achieve what they they could have achieved because they married somebody. But because they've married that person, they need to make that work uh, with that person. Um, not to say, you know, I'm not one of these people who goes, oh, you married the wrong person. You know, um, no, if you get married to that person, you make it work. Come hell or high water, you make it work, especially if you have kids. One of the major issues in society today is uh, the fact that there's there's an attack on the family, on the on the family structure, on on a, a man and a woman um, creating a family and a home together for with children, and that's under attack. So you you fight for your family, you pray for your wife, you pray for your husband, you pray before you get married, before you even know, it, you start praying for them, and God will lead you to them. That's that's the best advice I can give for someone looking for a, a, a partner, a, a spouse, a husband or a wife. Um, yeah. Pastor, well, thank you so much for that. But now we're towards the end. Well, now we're at the end. Not towards. Now we're at the end of our... Of our you keep uh, on discussion. saying that, but you, you asked me to you asked me to come on and you, you never ask a preacher to come on, man. We're going to talk way too much. It's just what we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor, well, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity for for yourself no, to come on you. and and share your story for God's glory. And uh, may I say, what a journey it's been for yourself. You know, being a you know going to church in Canberra, then moving to Adelaide because you know Dad was in the army. You know, and then of course being that moving around, of course it was hard to make friends. And you know, you made friends unfortunately due to what occurred with. You know, with the elders and, you know, with the separation of the breakup, you know, uh, you went through those journeys. You went through that. And, of course, yourself, following your dad's footsteps, you enlisted yourself in the Navy and you had your experience. And it was amazing to see that, you know, I never knew that you were at one stage you were very heavily intoxicated. And then next minute you're crying at Melbourne where 
you know, you're, you're sitting you're standing, you're sitting down and you're crying because you're seeing people, you know, outreaching and you're saying to yourself, you know, that that should be me. And it was probably it's amazing to see that and now where you are now as a pastor. And you know, you're leading the church and you've got the vision of the Alpha Paramount Church. And once again it's amazing that the men of God that have come through your life. Uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see that pastor. To hear to see and hear that pastor. But I want to give you this moment, and you're going to close it off. Um, yes. I'm going to say my last few words. Um, is this, what's in the word of encouragement for, to believers? A word of encouragement you give to believers or to those that are listening? And I'm going to hand this to you, Pastor, as I say my final word. Uh, this is for you, Barbara, to close it off. Your final word of encouragement or advice. Um, thank you for your for your kind words, firstly, Brother Cruz. Um, yeah, um, I guess I, while my story is unique, um, because everybody has their own story, I, I don't see it as anything special or anything fancy. You know, it's just it's just life. Um, everybody has a story, um, and you know we, you know, yeah. But um, I guess I, I thought about this. Um, my advice to people, um, and I guess over the last um, few years with with the the world the crazy world events that we've seen um i i i guess i'm a little bit ashamed to admit this but i i always saw the things that would happen in the book of revelation and the end times as something almost in theory or as an academic type topic to be looked at and studied but something that i would probably never see in my lifetime while i've heard preachers always preach about you know Oh, you know, the end is coming and, you know, we've got to be careful. We've got to watch. And, and I, I believe that I used to, you know, I used to believe that, but um, I, I kind of, I did, but I didn't, if that makes sense. I kind of would always think oh, well, there's still time, you know, there's no real urgency. There's, you know, there, I don't see a lot of these events that is described in the book of um, revelations really happening anytime soon. But then with the coronavirus and the fact that they, economy shut down borders closed movement restrictions were enforced and the world changed dramatically um over the, from hearing about it on the news to in six months time like it was you know one of it was like a oh there's been this in in you know in in wuhan uh, never even heard of wuhan before um you know, in, in like early November, December, I think it was. And then six months later, the nation was down. You know, you don't, you don't see that in anything apart from in movies. And, and then it happened again and again over the course of two years. And my children are still suffering for it because they, they didn't go to school. Um, you know, their, their routines was all stuffed up and, and, um, and yeah, like what we're doing now really is a, is a massive, um, result of that podcast online streaming services zoom video conferencing has has exploded because we weren't able to go and leave our homes um and i guess after seeing that it opened my eyes and there's a scripture in the bible and i'll probably misquote um i'll misquote this a little bit but um it kind of it goes like this the gist of it is this it says it says while while things take a long time in happening, when they happen, they happen quickly. And it kind of seems like an oxymoron. It seems like a bit of opposite. But 
what that means is that, you know, you might sit there and wait for a long, long time, but when it starts, it starts in a big way. And that's what I think the end is going to happen. Precursor to it. And I'm not um, like, you know, saying that it's all, it's all happening now and the mark of the beast is here and, you know, the, the, the antichrist is, you know, on his way up. I, I look, I don't know. I'm not that kind of a preacher. I just think we need to be ready and, and, uh, at any time, but the events over the last two years have really shaken me as as a as an individual, as a pastor, as a, as a father. And I guess my word of encouragement is: it's time to get serious. It's not time to muck around. Um, I know several people who are no longer here because of COVID. Um, we had one of the sisters in. Um, in Hornsby, she passed away because of COVID. We had a, a man in our church. He died because of COVID. He would still be here today. Brother George would still be here today if he didn't get this virus. Um, you know, my parents were scared. I didn't see my parents for over two years because of this. Um, and if this can happen just like that, then how much more do we need to be taking this seriously? It definitely woke me up. And, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, God's going to shake the very foundations of the earth. And I'm there going, man, this was a, this is a tremor. This is a shaking. And if this is how quickly things can happen now, how much faster is it going to happen next time? And I'm ready. I'm ready for that. And I'm believing that, you know, the, the time is short. I've, they've converted me. This, you know, it, it didn't take a preacher to convert me to this way. Just sitting there looking sensibly, and I saw like, you know, we, we got shut down. We got we got given three four hours notice saying the the following um, things are going to be shut down effective as of tomorrow. And Abby and I we looked at each other and we're like, what are we going to do? She had a company that she was running. We had the church we had to get ready for. We um we had to rush out. We did preaching. We we quickly got home. We didn't know what to do. We had to get permits to travel to the church. You know, this is the kind of thing you hear about in Nazi Germany. And I'm not criticizing our leaders or saying they did anything wrong, but I'm saying things change so quickly. So if you're sitting there on the fence going, you've got time before you get your life serious with God, man, you don't know. You really don't. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You only promise right now. And right now, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. So if you're sitting there thinking, you know, oh, I've got time. I'll go next week. I'll get serious with God after this next party, after this next binge, after this girl asked me out or whatever it is. No, now you're not promised tomorrow. Now is the time to get serious. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen in the world, firstly. You don't know what's going to happen in your own personal life. And, yeah, that's, I mean, we, we all need to get serious. Our church has got two new to three new families in it because of COVID because they saw that what could happen in their lives and they're, they're, they're on, they're, they're on fire for God, man. And, and I'm excited to see that. And if that's what it takes to get people into church, then man, I'll, i hope for another lockdown. I hope for something else to happen because if that's what it takes and man, that's what it's, but yeah, I guess my final words is it's time to get serious. Thank you, Pastor Rebel. Take care. Thank you, Brother Cruz.